0: In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson.
1: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them, and to take things to the next level in helping others who are struggling through dark times. I am quite thrilled for today's chat and I'm equally thrilled to introduce our special guest to you. There are times in our lives where we drift into uncharted waters. In a word, uncertainty. Whether intended or not, this can be an unsettling feeling. We can become overwhelmed with anxiety, fear, for for we don't know what lies before us around the corner, right? Much less how will we respond to these uncertain events that we don't know anything about? My special guest has truly, truly lived this. First, living in Israel, uh, born and raised, and serving in the Israeli Navy coaching leaders, proficiently immersed in her profession and homeland, Then she encounters a relocation experience, bringing her to the United States, knowing this is a big change, but unsure of what the change is gonna look like. A myriad of unknowns lay before her. I'm sure a ton of questions as well. How will I interact with people here? Will I learn the language, the behaviors of this unfamiliar place? And so much more, so much more. She has an incredible journey that she's gonna share with us. She's a coach public speaker and author. She also specializes in relocation and expatriate coaching. I can't wait for her to share her journey with us. Let's welcome Noah Ronan to the show. Hi Noah, how are you doing? Hey.
0: hey. I feel like a big star now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we are thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Oprah. I'm excited to have this conversation.
1: Oh, really. thank you. Thank you. Likewise. So let's just go ahead and dive into it. Uh, tell us about life growing up in Israel, you know, and growing up, finding your purpose and, and, and how things were for you there.
0: It's interesting that you're asking about the purpose because it's actually changed. But I, remind me if I forget about it, because sometimes I get into the story and I forget. <laughs> um, of course. So I I think my story starts in the playground. Um, So I remember when I was really, really young Mm -hmm. that I had that forte of knowing that I'm an an influencer. Uh, When I speak, people follow me. I'm a leader. And that's something that I remember knowing in a very early age, in the playground, kindergarten, that I just have that special gift. And it followed me. Everywhere, you know, sometimes better, sometimes less, but I just knew I had that gift. And so as you mentioned, I, you know, going through school, um, nothing really interesting to say there. And joining the army in Israel, you have to join the army, serving the army. Uh, women serve for two years and men for three years. If they are mm-hmm. not officer, then they have to stay longer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Uh, In the Army, I didn't know, but I did somewhat of a coaching um, role. I was in a job that I needed to teach officers how to have this executive presence. Uh, If you think about it, the officer is the one who tells their people after me and people need to follow them. So we had to teach them how to do that. It wasn't our job to stand in front of people even though we did that once in a while when the officer would say can you do that for me Uh, but most of the times uh, it was about teaching them how to stand in front of people and that Mm. was a wonderful experience when you're 18 years old and having now kids that are approaching this age I actually kind of said that they can't experience something like that because it's a life-changing experience. When you leave your house uh, after 18 years, go to the army and learn a different way of living a different way of a system. But actually for me being raised by an army officer, Mm. it was the first time I felt freedom. So that was a wonderful experience for me. And Afterwards, talking about purpose, so for years I said that I'm going to be an event planner. My creative mind thought that event planning is going to be my life-changing experience, and after finishing my um, MBA, started working in an event planning office and quitted after two weeks of sending faxes again and again and realized this is my wrong dream. Uh, (laughs) So Thank you for reminding me that because I sometimes like to tell that to younger people uh, when they freak out about what's gonna happen with my life. So it was my dream for so long and it's just it took it two weeks to realize it's not the right one
1: <laughs> hey, sometimes we have to go down that path right in order to <laughs> have that realization
0: yeah. Um, yeah so after that, I was on the path of really kind of like moving with what I did in the in the army, training human resources, and luckily. Um, I was recruited by a wonderful woman to um, be part of, an, of a consult, consultancy agency as a change management consultant. Great. I'm not sure what she found in me, but I was very young. I was 23, 24. And she just looked at me. She said, you are interesting. Um, and she, she gambled on me. And I learned so much from her because I had the opportunity to sit in such a young age mm-hmm. with CEOs and C-suite executives, and that's when that magic came back. Because I would mm-hmm. sit in the in the boardroom and share what I think, and there was that magical quiet silence.
1: Right, right.
0: And then people would follow me, and most of the times, not all the times, but I I just knew I had that. So. Uh, that's Israel, you know MBA executive roles, and right, right. yeah, so so that's two kids, husband. So that's that's awesome. kind of like just life, living life.
1: Awesome, awesome. No, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. Thank you, Noah, for sharing that. Um, so you knew from an early age that you had this quality, this this distinct quality, to lead people. Right? Yeah, yeah, and. That's a, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and my belief was that speaking, my vocabulary, my ability to express myself. Yes, was what making the difference or, and with my my ability
1: I, to lead. I see. So your speaking and your vocabulary was um was uh fueled, if you will, um, with with emotion, with passion, with inflection. Yeah. Um, to the degree where you know uh, what you say and how you say it. Resonated with those who heard you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Oh
1: man, that's great. So, in a timeline perspective, let's talk about the the role you had um, with the agency, the consultant agency for change management. Now, I'm assuming that happened after your service in the navy.
0: Yeah, that happened a few years after I was in a human resources role, okay. um, and then I was recruited um, to be to be in that agency. Yeah. Um, and we talk now 20 years back in time. Gotcha, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) So um, I was lucky to see what happens when companies um, invest a lot of money in technologies, the ERPs, workflow, how to take the knowledge from uh, the people and move them into the technology. And then they would spend millions of millions of dollars. um, And I'm talking big corporations in Israel Mm -hmm. And we would come and teach everyone to work together. And I'm talking like the high, you know, the people who lead the project, sitting together, um, not from the technology um, space, but from the uh, implementation. How we make sure this technology becomes, um, that the users become independent using the technology. And It's so interesting because it was the time where when people were so afraid that they would be replaced by the technology mm. and it impacted the whole system. Yes. So I was very lucky to work with leaders and see their concerns, how they can communicate that with their people
1: mm. and
0: then how they... Um, the people are afraid and then how all the managers need to learn to work together and how we bring this whole organization from our perspective, from what we do uh, to get to the goal, you know, where the CEO says, I put a lot of money, make this happen. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's not easy. Um, and I learned that it's a lot about creating trust uh, with people. But again, I, I was so lucky in such a young age to be exposed to those people and learn from them. Learn from them to what they pay attention to, what's important, how organizations work, um, the emotions around, right?
1: Yes, yes. So
0: it was very interesting.
1: Oh, that's great. And you know, it's so funny how things happen in life sequentially. There are certain events that just kind of, I don't know, lay the, the, the groundwork for subsequent events, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very, very surprising. And, and here's, here's what I'm getting at, Noah. Um, change management is very, very serious. It's a much high value-add uh, uh, profession. Uh, companies, like you said, spend millions and millions of dollars on change management because, um, and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, you definitely <laughs> know this, but, you know, we're taught that the only thing that is the one thing you can count on that is the constant thing in life is change. Mm-hmm. And with change, there's the whole belt curve of, you know, acceptance, rejection, and all that good stuff. So uh, you have to change or help, help foster or change the mindsets of people In companies when it comes to like in your case adapting to technologies giving them a feeling of reassurance that they are not going to be replaced in their jobs Mm -hmm. and if if you don't have the buy-in of the employees and the company then 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 the change is not going to work uh it 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 won't it won't be adapted right
0: yeah exactly yeah and so so we can talk, Yes, yeah,
1: sorry, ask the question, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, so I was just going to say, um, that's, that's a lot of education um, that you're given uh, when your manager gave you that shot, right? You learned yeah. a ton from it, Yeah. but at the same time, is it fair to say that what you've learned, whether you knew it or not at the time, Started to equip you for the next event that would happen in your journey.
0: So actually not
1: (laughs) Okay, okay (laughs) Hey, can't blame a guy for trying
0: (laughs) You knew it's gonna be fun with me Uh, So actually not because they say when the doctor becomes the patient uh, so so that's exactly what happened to me today when I'm smarter, older, less dramatic, Mm -hmm. I know how much what I learned then, I use now with my clients with coaching.
1: Exactly.
0: But I had to go through the vulnerable experience of the relocation and even feel shame and Mm -hmm. um, get messy and lost with my change that I can get to the other side and understand the difference when you lead others through change and when you yourself go through change and until that day I didn't understand what does it mean even though I you know I got married I had kids I changed jobs I was in the army still that I was not prepared for that specific change
1: until it actually happened to you as you were going through it, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, okay, I understand now. Thank you. No, I definitely understand. Okay, uh, so, so that's where the education comes in as you're going through it. And as you said earlier, you've led many people through these types of changes, but uh, how much of a difference between um, leading someone through it And going through it yourself did you did you pick up on or did you detect a big difference slight difference
0: it's uh it's a huge difference and um just to to um help people understand what we are talking about i'm talking about the relocation experience uh, that you mentioned earlier and um so Age 30, two little kids, uh, and my husband gets a job opportunity opportunity for us to move from Israel to New York City mm-hmm. for, for two years. And now we're 15 years after, but it was for a two three years adventure, right. um, which I wasn't even sure I wanted to take on because I just started a new job uh, that was on a career path to be an executive human resources person.
1: Mm, so that okay.
0: came kind of like in the worst timing for me. But right. apparently having kids or relocating is never, there is, there is never more. No good, time, right? no good time, right? No good timing there. <laughs> um, so we, we moved to to New York City and it's not like I was naive and I thought that it will take me two days and everything gonna be like, wham, bam. Yeah. Uh, I knew I need to um, help the family um, get roots, and uh, we will need to start together again, and it will be my role while my husband is starting his um, new uh, job with the same company, but just in New York City. Right. And um, what was interesting is that I couldn't find what I call a real opportunity. I wanted to do what I did in Israel, in New York City. And it just didn't work. No one paid attention. No one cared about my MBA from Israel. No one, one, no one cared about my um, um, human resources experience. Really? Yeah. And I felt really, really lost because I wanted the same. Right. And I got into that internal battle with yeah. everyone.
1: Mm.
0: And especially with myself because... I couldn't understand how that woman, a, you know, change management consultant, executive, yeah. get it yeah. done person,
1: yeah.
0: suddenly can't bring results. Mm. And that was a, such a hard experience for me. I remember looking in the mirror, as we say, and saying, yeah. you, you're such a failure. You're such mm. a failure. How, how mm. come you can't do that? and you know that that's when the voice is showing up
1: yeah oh yeah
0: yeah and and one of the stories i told myself Mm -hmm. during that time is that my english is not good enough now you have to understand in israel we use english a lot okay we we use it in college most of the uh, companies today um, email each other or the slack or everything is in English. Right. So it's not like it's a, it's a culture that is, doesn't understand the European culture, the American culture, right. Israel is very American. Okay. Okay. Um, but still it's my second language. Right. And then they talk and I know that that magical silence that was my, my magic. Mm-hmm shifts into a new one people trying to understand me Hmm. and when you leave that experience your forte becomes your obstacle and i felt handicapped
1: oh my my so let's try to paint that picture i i want the listeners to to be able to draw a vision in their mind's eye of uh the emotions you were going through, right, Um, uh, self-doubt, you mentioned the hard look in the mirror, uh, you know, thinking or saying you're a failure, Um, what what about, what about, were there any feelings of anger, and if so, were they directed inward at yourself, or were they projected out, and I don't mean physically projected out, (laughs) like you're yelling at somebody or anything. But, um, but, but just, you know, the target, I guess, of, of who or what you were angry with. Were, were there any types of feelings like that you were going through?
0: Part of it was, is, was on my husband. Okay. And I think it happens a lot in relocation. Sure. Um, um, that experience that he's being promoted and keep moving with his career and I'm stuck. And yeah. I was stuck for almost five years. Wow. And while he's going and doing what he's doing, I am home with the kids. Uh, I love them, but mm-hmm. it wasn't what I wanted to do. And there was a lot of anger and victimhood conver- internal conversation. Sure, sure, While my husband was um, taking the guilt. So it took mm. it took me more than those five years to tell mm-hmm. him, you have to let go of being the one who's taking the blame. You have to let go of that role yes. because I am freeing you from that. Uh, But he took that on because there was a sense of I I took something for my wife. That's not a good place to be in a right. relationship. And I say when couples go through a relocation together, they, yeah. they stay through a lot uh, yeah. be- because it's not easy. And there are lots of emotions in that change. And one of the things I didn't know, and I think, you know, if there are people who listen and go through any transition in their life that mm-hmm. I didn't know then, and I learned later on is that no matter if you go through a, positive change or life transition or less of a good uh, change in your life you experience emotions that are like are like grief
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: and the reason is that grief is not about the, the person that dies when we grieve we grieve who we are now without that person Mm. and that's really the experience that we have think about it i become a mother who am i now after this change i need to redefine myself right when change happens in organization how this new technology what we talked about is going to change me right
1: right Mm -hmm.
0: right I'm, i'm being promoted from being a team member to a team leader how this new relationships with my teammates is going to redefine me, so there are a lot of emotions and thoughts that show up in that situation, and that was exactly, and that's exactly what happens in relocation, because you were someone in the past, and where you are stuck is who am I going to be now, if I cannot be the past Noah, so Absolutely. I, so I was stuck in the past. And in the future, and I was not present. And that happens a lot in relocation experience because there I is a past experience and who am going to be. Yeah, And there is no presence. You're not present with your children. You're not present with the people around you with your, and with yourself.
1: Yeah, that is a very, very vivid explanation, Noah. I really appreciate that because in my mind's eye, as you were explaining that, I, I've I visualize you had one foot over here in the past, another foot over here in the future, yeah. and you weren't you weren't embracing the presence. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I have to tell you, it it really seems like we've kind of we've kind of trailed parallel lives. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because as you're explaining this, um, what's what's coming to my mind is. Uh, what my wife and I have gone through over the past, uh, five years, as you said, five years, you know, um, I work for a global company Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm here in North Dallas, but we're from Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm. And, um, and so five years ago, uh, when our headquarters was moving, um, that's when we had to make a decision, you know, are we going to move or are we going to stay? And Mm -hmm. my wife was 23 years in education as a teacher and a principal. And so, you know, um, for her to, 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 to give that up and to move here, you know, with Mm -hmm. me, you know, um, and she, has never lived anywhere else in her life, born and raised in Cincinnati. And, and yeah. and like you, I'm of military parents and raising, <laughs> I, I've, I didn't serve, but both my parents were in the military. We lived on bases wow. and everything, but, um, but I've lived in other places. So this was no different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had those inner struggles as well, you know, um, I need to redefine myself. I'm no longer a teacher or a principal. Um, who am I going to be? What opportunities are there for me? And, you know, she has her MBA and. Uh, she hardly got any any looks you know um, and I and I won't go into it in detail but there's an episode where I'm actually interviewing her yeah
0: I saw that yeah okay yeah
1: yeah because now she is an independent professional mediator and so yeah. we, we talk about all that journey on that episode but but anyhow uh, my whole point behind that was you know um, it, it's a lot of that's in parallel with what uh, you were going through, you know, with uh, yeah. with with your journey. So I appreciate you uh, sharing sharing that with us. Now, um, another thing I want to just say, and, and when when you did, when you said this, it <laughs> warmed my heart. I'm getting a little misty eyed here. Awesome. It warmed my heart, and 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 here's here's it was two things you said. It really warmed my heart, Noah. Um, the first thing was uh, the guilt that your husband felt right because he felt as if he took something away from you uh, you know, as a result of making this move. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, And, and, and that's not good, but it warms my heart because a true husband um, you know uh, wants to protect his wife, wants his wife to be happy and you know, wants to, (laughs) wants to give things, not take things away.
0: Yeah. Our you know our theme happy wife happy life (laughs)
1: exactly that's right and I live by that every single day you know so 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 as a true husband and a and and, you know and and what a husband feels his job is what he's compelled to do you know I that that warms my heart Uh, the other thing that warmed my heart was you mentioning to him specifically. I'm relieving you of this. Yeah. Don't, you know, release that guilt. Yeah. Okay. And that's in spite of the anger and the self doubt and, 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 and I don't know, lack of worthiness that you felt at that time, in spite of all that, you, 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 you said, Hey, don't feel guilty. I'm relieving you of that.
0: Yeah. And I will just add to that, you know, to the partner, if, if, anyone who listens to that and has to go through somewhat of experience like that first before, you know, I, as I always say, no one dragged me in my hair and moved me from, <laughs> to, uh, you know, right, it was right. a, uh, actually the decision uh, when he had the offer, he came to me and he said, I know your career is very important to you. Right. I, I know it's, it's important to you. So you will be the one making the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will be okay with anything, anything you will choose. So that happened even before the move. And I decided that as a family, as a system, it's the right thing to move. Was it easy in, in the in the living? No, but uh, it wasn't like uh, a pressure that was on me that I can get in his way with his, his career or anything like that, or that if we don't go, um, it will impact our financial situation. So there was nothing like that. There was a full permission to say no. And I chose gotcha. to say yes. And I was even the one that even kind of like cooking and giving him some, uh, some suggestions um, mm-hmm. about this relocation. But when it came, it was the wrong timing. So that's um, one thing, and I don't remember what was the other thing, so
1: let's just move on.
0: Yeah, oh.
1: and, <laughs> no, that's okay. If it comes <laughs> up, please feel free to share. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah love uh, to hear your insights. All right, so let's- Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. The, okay.
0: That's that part right. of my brain, it always have ideas. <laughs>
1: No, that's quite all right. So, all right. So let's talk about the defining moment or moments of when you've had a discovery or a rediscovery of yourself in knowing that, Hey, you know, I can turn this around. Um, there is a path for me. There is a purpose for me. Mm -hmm. You know, can you, can you help explain for the listeners, um, that moment when you realized in your heart of hearts in your mind that you know hey i can turn this around i've got what it takes
0: yeah so first i now i remember what i wanted to say so it it, it is connected because it didn't happen this way i promised it will always be the the other answer not the one you expect me to answer so it wasn't like i found that resourceful um you know or that that, that resourceful thing in me that i just knew that was you know that eureka moment in me um yeah. what happened was really a huge fail
1: mm.
0: a huge fail i decided you are in the human resources i think so Why? Right?
1: yeah oh yeah I so
0: I decided because I wanted my past, I decided to go and, um, test for a human resources certification because my idea or my plan was that if I have that certification, the recruiters will look at me differently. Mm, okay. So I set for a year after I had my third son in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and studied i i don't think i really studied i i kind of sabotaged (laughs) myself during that studies and it's hard studies i took courses yeah i I, I, with nyu and i took the first exam and and you know how hard this exam is um and i didn't pass it Mm. and i decided to take it again this is me so i took the exam again and i remember everything about that day Mm -hmm. I went to that exam center and I'm sitting, the testing center, sitting there, taking the exam, seeing the result. And I, let's say, I don't remember how much the number you need, but let's say it's 400. I was six points from getting six points. Oh my god! getting the 400. Really?
1: That
0: that is painful. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And I remember myself just getting up going outside in downtown manhattan midtown manhattan and calling my husband and telling him i am done Mm. i am done bumping my head in the wall and trying to get my past it's just not going to happen right and i am I'm just surrendering. That Mm. was, that was the, I'm I'm surrendering.
1: I got you.
0: And that was the beginning of the change for me. I was not willing for almost four years Mm -hmm. to release my past. And Mm. that was the first time that I had to get that huge, to get into that defeat moment that I will say, I am ready to stop fighting. I'm ready to to let go. And what I forgot to say about my husband, that the person that was giving me the power was him. He he always believed in me. He always believed in me. And every time I lost hope, he said, you keep going. You can do it. Mm -hmm. You will figure Mm -hmm. it out because you always figure it out. That's the woman I know. I even you. have tears when i it right, right now because oh, yeah. I was not able then to believe in myself. There was mm-hmm. a mantra I was always telling myself, I will mm-hmm. figure it out. It will be fine. And I lost right. it and I moved to the US. Gotcha. I, I lost it. Gotcha. So yeah. that day was the beginning of the change. And that's when I started to, one night, probably from a space of creative outlet, Mm -hmm. I decided to start a blog. Mm. And blogging then, it was, I don't know, 12 years ago, something like that, 12, 13 years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: I decided to start a blog. So, you know, some people, and blogging then was like podcasting today. Yes. So since you're in the space of podcasting and I work with some business owners, so I know that sometimes, you know, launching a website, starting a blog, starting a podcast. It's like, it's that, oh, it's yeah. so hard, Yeah, I can't do it. People yeah. will see me, it has to be perfect and they mm-hmm. do not move into the doing. It took me 10 minutes to launch that blog. I walked with fears for four years, not taking actions on so many things and sabotaging myself constantly. That blog took me, I'm not kidding, 10 minutes to launch.
1: So you were past that. You were past that fear, <laughs> past that hesitation and doubt of it not being perfect and, and just ready to say, let's just do it, right?
0: I, I, don't, I don't have an explanation. I just know that <laughs> probably, what, what here is what I know now, Okay. okay? There were a lot of emotions and thoughts inside me. As you mentioned that when we talked about change, right? Yes. Yes, I didn't realize that because I was a doer. I was focusing on doing, Doing. taking the same actions that I took in my Mm -hmm. past and always worked for me. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I take the same actions, but there are thoughts in my head telling me that no one will hire me with my lousy English, that I'm not able to do that, that I'm a failure, okay? Mm. So I'm working with that with a lot of emotions with a lot of thoughts and i don't and i don't pay attention to them and that blog i believe unconsciously was understanding that i need an emotional outlet i right. need a space to express mm-hmm. everything that is happening to me it was actually a very funny blog about being an israeli mom in the us so it was nothing like you know sp- Complicated. It was just like I'm having a two years old. I'm I'm with him in this U.S. experience, uh, and I have observations. And people loved it. People started reaching out to me.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. So it's it's fair to say that this blog was a foundation and a potential springboard for uh, speaking, um, authoring, further writing. Maybe it was for deceit. other publications?
0: It was the seed. And I didn't know that. I Great. didn't. So here is what's interesting. I believe that when we go on a path and, mm-hmm. you know, I see that road in the background, the road uh, to rediscovery, I believe, uh, and that was the releasing, right? The, yes. I I, I try to control my future. Yes. But the moment I just released it and I said, I'm going to have a third mm-hmm. child and I'm just going to. Leave and that blog has no intention to become, you know, it there was no intention, there was just a want probably to connect with myself, and through that, people start connecting with me.
1: Yes, yes, and
0: I was able to share my thoughts, my emotions, uh, my experiences very openly, and learning what does it mean to be vulnerable, right. And I didn't have any intention. There was no publication. There was no, nothing. There was just joy.
1: Right. Yeah. For the
0: first time experiencing, it, it was like I didn't experience joy. I would experience well, sure, joy sure. I crossed Brooklyn Bridge, my favorite right. place in New York City. Yeah. And I love my kids and my yeah. husband. Right. Love coffee. but Me too. It, <laughs> <laughs> but But it was just, the connection started, and what happens in change is that we isolate ourselves. See what happens now. We are in this COVID situation. What people right. started doing at the beginning, they isolated themselves, and, yeah. and that social isolation was hard on everyone, right? And yes. now people try to figure out how and why, how how we reconnect. But the yes. first thing we do in change, we isolate ourselves. And that's what I did. I felt very lonely. Mm -hmm. And blogging was the first time that I, for that inner connection, people started connecting with me. And then Mm -hmm. one week, Mm -hmm. women from different areas in the U.S., Israeli women, reached out to me and said, how did you do that? We are so stuck with our lives. Mm. And you coach us now they all called at this weird at the same week really yeah and i was like what's going wow. on here and that's when you realize after you just don't listen to anything you realize that it's time for you to listen
1: yes you're so connecting with people and you built you're building a community yeah and that and wasn't even the intent them.
0: And I thought that coaching is a scam. I I knew, <laughs> I knew consulting. What's this whole coaching? It's a scam, probably. Right. People want yeah. to get money for nothing. But uh-huh. I became curious. Uh, I learned. I did the research. I didn't coach those women. Right. But I went and I I started training, um, and that's how I recreated my path. That's that's kind of like that rediscovery where it happened. The writing wrote the coaching. And people, as as what I, when I said, no, it wasn't me believing in myself or finding my purpose. And and I see it sometimes those situations with clients where sure. they say, I, I was promoted to that because someone told me and I was promoted to that because someone believed in me. So people believed in me. First, my husband, keep going, keep going. And then those readers. And then uh, when I became more engaged with the community, people told me, you're so funny and interesting, where can we see you speaking? And again, that English, that yes. English is my second language voice came back and I said, no, that's my second language <laughs> Uh, Come on! Oh, where where can we see you speaking and and listen? They said, okay, they see something in me. I I know to do that. I did training and consult. I stood in front of. I never had the fear of public speaking.
1: Right, right. It wasn't that. Yeah. So
0: I started doing that. I went back to do workshops and 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 speaking to groups and grew bigger and bigger. And then you know when you start speaking, people say, "Where is the book?"
1: That's right. That's the next. That is next for sure. Yeah. So,
0: so that's how, again, they, they saw something in me. And then the book came uh, and the book really, and, and what I talk about is really what I call the being and the doing, yeah. which those energies and the doing is really, you know, Noah the doer that yeah. was focusing on the actions yes. and the being is the mindset and the emotions. And gotcha. Yeah, and how we learn to bring them together.
1: What a tremendous, what a tremendous uh, uh, journey! What a tremendous story, and Noah. Just connecting with, connecting with people, uh, with just the intent of a creative outlet, right? Uh, mm-hmm. obs- just, just documenting what you observe, recording what you observed, and and people connecting with you as a result of it. And uh, wow. I mean absolutely extraordinary absolutely extraordinary and so that uh, just springboards into all the great things that you're doing now the services (laughs) that you provide when it comes to speaking arrangements Um, you wrote the book uh, yeah and yeah and coaching others now uh, let's talk about just some of the coaching that that you do Uh, Mm -hmm. um, you, you provide coaching for individuals as well as organizations is that right?
0: Yeah, I work a lot with executives and leaders. Okay. Um, in in organizations, they mostly will be leaders. In, um, some of them are executives. Uh, right. That's my sweet spot. But sometimes yeah. there are emerging leaders. I love those young people now.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: so old, suddenly. You know, I, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know suddenly you say, oh, oh my gosh, I have a child that will go to college soon. So I love those kids because... Uh, it, it's just um, inspiring to work with them. Um, I, I love them. Yeah. But I work a lot with executives.
1: Okay. And it's
0: really on those spots. What happens in leadership, which is really interesting, is exactly what I shared in the story. Yeah. We use actions that work for us. Mm-hmm. But then we get into that place that we were promoted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the actions that worked until now don't work anymore.
1: No, they don't, right.
0: And that feels very uncomfortable. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the understanding that I need to use new actions because these old actions or strengths don't work for me. So for example, if my strengths is problem solving, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work when you go up the ladder because you have to be more strategic. So you still need to solve problems, but if this is your focus, you don't delegate, you don't coach your people to become independent, right. and you talk all the time, mm-hmm. and you don't listen, and it just gets in your way. It doesn't mean that it's still, it, it needs to stay your strength, but it's right. out of balance, mm. and and it has to change. Mm-hmm. So um, in those moments, people realize that things don't work for them anymore, and how, what I need to do to change that, I will provide the uh, results that I need to be a better self. So that's in organizations. And, and also I work with what I call social leaders. So the leaders that say, I, I want to have this organization and I want to create something that is bigger than that. Right. And that's where what I call there to be. It's that that's freaking me out. You know, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and, and again, it's kind of like it's a new thing. I need to shine, or I need to take on on actions or way of being that I'm not used to. So, mm. what I when I work with people, I tell them, I will not work with you on how to do leadership, right. because there is no recipe of how you do leadership. Okay. We will talk on how you're going to be a leader and what gets in your way with your being energy. What Mm. is the mindset that gets in your way? What are the emotions that gets in your way? And some people say, but executives don't like to talk about emotions. And I say, BS, is that okay?
1: Yes, that's perfectly fine. I I I, agree, by the way.
0: (laughs) I will never ask you, Aubrey, how do you feel about that? That's not a conversation. I will ask you, what are the emotions and the thoughts that got in your way when you got into a conflict with with that person or when you needed to give your direct report a feedback and you felt uncomfortable? What were the emotions and the thoughts there? And then you sit and you realize what happened there because you feel safe with me to say, well, I I thought that person was a jerk, so I, I don't appreciate them. And then it's like, oh, okay, so that's what's going on. Or I feel they don't respect me, and I feel this, and I feel that. And all the emotions and thoughts show up so easily. I see. And it feels safe. People don't like when they are being asked, how do you feel? Because it's out of context.
1: Right. And it's
0: it's even intrusive in a way.
1: Yeah, which can result in a defensive response, I would imagine.
0: You know what? Mostly it will be beating yourself up. I don't know how to feel. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like those self-deprecation conversation of, I can't be a good client to you. And I just take that away. And I say, it's not going to serve you. So let's understand what that voice is telling you, because we need to know um, that mean voice. but um let's understand that it doesn't serve you and let's learn how to lower that volume but what happens when people hear those you know when when, if you ask the wrong questions people start beating themselves up and that's not helping them right
1: yeah it's counterproductive actually yeah yeah yeah, it, it really is uh wow noah you have some tremendous insights uh when it comes to coaching Um, just, you know, just empowering people with asking the right questions, uh, allowing them to tap into their heart and deep within themselves to identify with the emotions that they're feeling and reassuring them that they're in a safe place. So, uh, I mean, it's just some absolute, uh, brilliant and very strategic, um, uh, insights. So thank you so much for sharing those. I know the listeners would love to learn more about your coaching strategies and about how to overcome these, uh, 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 these emotions and how to get out of your own way when yeah. these emotions cause barriers between you and reaching a goal. How can the listeners learn more about you, the wonderful work that you're doing and maybe even uh, purchase a copy of your book Uh, How can they reach out and learn more?
0: (laughs) So uh, my website is my first name and last name, Noah. And if you listen to it, it's N-O-A. N-O-A, there is no H. No H. (laughs) No H, because in Hebrew, Noah, N-O-A, is a girl name. And Noah with the H, you pronounce Noah, and you don't have H.
1: Okay.
0: So it's Noah, Uh N-O-A. Ronen, uh, R-O-N-E-N coaching, Noah Ronen coaching. Uh, okay. Probably you can see that with the podcast and everything, all the information. Mm-hmm. Or anywhere on the social media, uh, I'm mostly, mostly you will see the best of me on LinkedIn, but en- anywhere you go on social media is um, Noah R. Coach, Noah R. Coach uh, on gotcha. all social media. And my okay. book, Google Noah Ronan. The book name is really cool. Beyond Lead, of course, from the Being, Beyond Leadership from Awareless to Awareness. So if you think about awareness it, story. To
1: Awareness, love and it.
0: The, and the middle part is where Mess.
1: Oh, wear Mess. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know what? I was going to ask you something about that um, messy blog. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and I guess there's some correlation there. Yeah. <laughs> ah, love it. Uh, well, thank you for that information. We will definitely make sure that we have direct links to your website, how they can find your book, uh, as well as your social mediums. We'll have those direct links in the episode show notes for our listeners. So uh, this has really been a treat, Noah. It really has. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh to to join us and and chat with us about your journey.
0: Thank you. I, I truly, truly appreciate. You know, every time I tell this story, I learn something new about myself. It's like a therapy. <laughs> so I thank you so much for allowing me to be on your wonderful podcast. Um, so many great stories, uh, very, very inspiring. Um, and you know, many times people don't say Thank you for. Um, delivering that to the world, um, the different uh, stories. So, thank you for that. Truly appreciate uh, being a guest on your podcast. Thank well,
1: you, Noah. That, that is very touching. Thank you so much. I, I'm feeling and receiving it in, in such a good way. So, so thank you for 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 that for sure. I I truly appreciate it. Um, it's the it's just the the least I can do. Uh, everyone has a contribution. Uh, that if they're not doing it, they should be doing it, but a contribution to make the world a better place. And so if I can provide an outlet uh, for people who are making big changes and transformation in their lives and others, uh, I'd love for having a platform to where they can share that story such as yourself. So uh, yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, greatly appreciate it. So uh At this point, uh, we are going to enter a segment I like to call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, Noah, I ask you three questions. There are three random uh, yet thought-provoking questions uh, that I challenge my guests to answer in five words or less. So what do you think? You think you may be up for it?
0: Of course, I can not promise a lot, but let's try.
1: (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. Uh, and my questions are customized for my guests, so I don't ask the same question. Oh,
0: self-made. Okay.
1: That's right. Self-made. In fact, my questions for you are surrounding leaders. Okay. Okay. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: All right. So, um, for question number one, okay. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of metaphors. Okay. So you know, there may be a picture, there may be um, a piece of artwork, uh, Mm -hmm. where metaphorically it represents a statement or a concept. Okay. I'm a big fan of metaphors. So, are you familiar with uh, bowling? Bowling with the bowling ball and the pins. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I
1: thought the person. Yeah, of course. Uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you know, like, there's ten pins, right? And the, the pin in the front at the top, that's known as the lead pin or the head pin.
0: Okay. So when
1: you take that pyramid of pins with that lead pin or head pin, I mean, same thing, what metaphor or, or, or vision in your mind does this scene represent as a leader, that one lead head pin in front of all those, the other nine, what, what, what does that represent? It
0: has to. You said like limiting on words, right, or not? One to five words.
1: One to five. But you know what? If my guests go over five, I mean, there's no penalty uh, because <laughs> in a lot of cases they're 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 saying something profound and thought provoking. So I just I just let you go if it's over five. So don't don't feel forced at five. I should say.
0: I, I would say vulnerable. You know, what came mm-hmm. into mind is vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's there in the front
1: mm-hmm. and fall. Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes it's also um, disappointing a lot of people. So um, vulnerability.
1: Vulnerability. I love it. I love it. And you're right, because it's, it's the most visible to any type of incoming um, Chaos. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping myself to the five words. I have a lot more to say, but I'm no, going
1: uh, to. I will manage
0: myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're doing great, Noah. You're doing fabulous. Fabulous. All right. Number two. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Leaders most care about
0: people.
1: People. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay. Number three, name a historical figure that you feel who captures or captured the truest essence of coaching and leadership.
0: Of coaching or leadership? It's two different things. So I want to make sure.
1: Let's try one of each.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) You are mean. (laughs)
1: Okay, how about the easy one first between the two? I guess leadership?
0: So so leadership, um, you know, a lot of people say, so I'm not saying something new, is Moses. Moses from the Bible, um, one of the most impressive leaders, um, Mm -hmm. like me. He Mm -hmm. had a problem with the speaking because... He had some issues. He was stuttering um, because right. of an accident. Uh, it's in the stories.
1: Right, right.
0: So, um, and, it, and it was messy. He, he got in trouble with God. So I'm not yeah, going to go yeah. into re- religion stuff, but Moses no. definitely, you know, he represents a lot of the stuff I believe in.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, wow, coaching. It's you know what? I'm I'm gonna break the rules. My, my best coach was Sarah, the, the the woman who brought me to the, the um, consulting Consultant. agency. Yeah. Um, she she coached me. She coached me and she raised me. So I'm I'm grateful for what she brought into my life. And, and I think one of the, I'm not saying five words, but who cares? I'm breaking no,
1: the that's rules. That's what who cares? You're on a great ah, That's also who I am. I'm breaking the yeah.
0: rules. And, and by the way, if people <laughs> take workshops with me, I always tell them, break the rules. It's more interesting when you do that. Um, <laughs> so I love it. So um, Sarah taught me. I was again 23, 24, she brought me to the dean of the Tel Aviv universities it's the most important, one of the most important universities in Israel. So it's like someone yep. will take me, I live now in North Carolina to Duke and sit yep. with me in the dean or president you know, She took me, I think it was a month after I started working and she was sitting and, and it was kind of like the second pitch before she was yes. already knowing that she will get the contract. And then she looks at me after talking to him and she says, Noah, is there anything you want to add? Mm. That's a real coach.
1: That is a real coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling what, what you just explained in the words that she asked you. That is a real I coach.
0: I see you equal. Yes. That, that's something that you don't see a lot. Um, no. So it's something I learned from her. Mm -hmm. Um, It is how you put your ego aside. Um, So it's a different relationship when you put the ego aside. And that's what for me, coaching, coaching is relationship.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I
0: broke the rules. (laughs) (laughs)
1: but in a good way. I mean, so profound. Thank you so much. I mean...
0: you for challenging uh, challenging me.
1: (laughs) Oh, So that's it for Three for the Road. You made it. I made it.
0: It was a fun ride.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad it was a fun ride for you. It was a fun ride for me as well. And uh, I'm just going to remind all the listeners out there, please be sure to visit Noah's site, at www.noahronancoaching.com and learn about her story, learn about her work, learn about her messy blog. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have direct links to uh, her book and her social mediums on the episode show notes uh, for all of you as well. Noah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so great to have you here.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Oh, of course. And thank all of you. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. So if you know someone that you truly feel can value from this show and the message behind it, I humbly ask that you please, please share it with them. People going through dark times need to know two things. Number one, they are not alone. And number two, there is always hope, hope around the corner. And also, please remember to subscribe to our mailing list on roadtorediscovery.com. That's road and the number two, rediscovery.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Road to Rediscovery, it's a movement. It's a revolution. And guess what? You are now a part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll try to get soon.